the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Put Jim on a slow boat to Australia. Yes, that would be Jim Cramer of CNBC. He apparently loves the idea of a totalitarian government, which is what they have in Australia right now. But here's something they don't have in Australia that Jim now has. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. That's right, Jim is the winner for something he said this week on his show that nobody watches. He was referring to Dwight Eisenhower's approach to the polio vaccine. Lord knows what happened if you didn't partake. But back then, anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people. The commonweal was a, a commonweal. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID, and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down. We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue, the right to get sick and get other people sick. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. Of course, polio was a disease that was killing thousands of kids every year, and it left thousands more paralyzed. And there is no cure, as opposed to COVID, which isn't killing any kids, and is survived by about 99% of the people who get it, but... Jim thinks it would be a good idea for you to get a knock on the door from someone wearing camouflage demanding that you show him your vaccination papers. There's a video up on Twitter today that shows a woman in Australia. It wouldn't work for the radio. I would use it, but you have to see it. But anyway, it's a woman in Australia. She's sitting outside of a hut where she's a prisoner in a quarantine camp over there. And she's being told by a guy in a military uniform that she will be fined $5,000 if she's seen outside beyond her little porch that you see on camera there, unless she's doing her laundry. She's allowed to come out somehow to do her laundry. There are lots of people in the Democrat Party who would be perfectly happy if we had that here. Jim obviously would be, and that's why he's the winner of this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk to our favorite media expert about how the usual suspects have been beclowning themselves lately. And in our second half hour, some transgender stupidity from an Ivy League swim team and from Monty Python, who saw this all coming 42 years ago. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 12-31-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty 
warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dinovite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Uh, Nick, what are you doing? Well, Adam, Thanksgiving is over, so it's officially time for the holidays. And it's time for our Legacy Box Cyber Monday sale, which means you can save up to 65% when you digitize your home movies and pictures. What an incredible reason to join the millions of people who've entrusted Legacy Box to safeguard their recorded memories. Plus, Legacy Box is the best gift for you or a family member. It's what Better Homes and Gardens called the most sentimental gift to make this holiday season special. And what Reader's Digest called a genius product. That's because Legacy Box is simple and safe. Just fill and send, and you'll get your new digital copies of your treasured tapes, film reels, and photos. So turn on the Christmas music and make sure to visit LegacyBox.com and shop our Cyber Monday sale to take an unreal 65% off. Our Cyber Monday sale is going on now at LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. That's LegacyBox.com to take 65% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, the, uh, the media have been doing their usual good job of beclowning themselves uh, lately. It's always good to check in, though, with Jeffrey McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and FoxNews.com to get some perspective. Jeff, thanks for coming on again. Uh, you're kind of a regular here. You're my man to uh, turn to for media stuff. I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Always great to chat with you, John. So um, lots of stuff to cover here. I'd like to start with the the difference between the coverage of the massacre in Wisconsin and the school shooting in Michigan. CNN and the Washington Post, uh, they insisted on saying that an SUV or a car drove into a crowd of kids and grannies at a parade. And if you read their stuff or watched their stuff, you would think that it was... Um, it was uh, you would you would you wouldn't believe it. It's a, it's just uh, you know no mention that it was a, a, a white people killed by a black person who had talked about his hatred for white people on social media. Should we be surprised by the lack of interest in that story? No, I don't think so. It kind of fits their predetermined narrative that they don't want to you know expose or provide any more attention than absolutely necessary to kind of cultural issues that don't kind of fit the predetermined narrative they have. And, and it's sad because they've sanitized the story that needs to be told. And this is the thing where if you just look at what are the standards of what makes a news story, the Waukesha thing is a news story. I mean, it has broad implications. It affected a lot of innocent people. It was tragic. There was conflict. And at some point, we need to cover it. Now, does it need wall-to-wall coverage? No. But on the other hand, it needs coverage, and it also needs 
the perspectives that help us understand it better. And that's one of the things that I think has been interesting is there's been very little attention from the places like CNN, kind of the usual suspects, very little uh, understanding or perspective on the the alleged perpetrator here. And I'm not saying we need to demonize that person or victimize that person, but I think we do need to put in context how this person happened to be running an SUV through a parade at that time. And the fact that this person was well on the radar of the law, law enforcement authorities had multiple convictions was out on a very minimal bail. I mean, those are all factors that contribute to this story. And the fact that they're ignoring that is, is really kind of inexcusable at a certain point. And if you switch the races of the people who were victimized and the person who was driving, it would have been totally different. Uh, CNN and MSNBC are just obsessed with race. They, they apply race to almost every story they do. And here they have a story of a, a black uh, driver with uh, social media messages that show a hatred for white people. And he runs over little kids waiting for Santa Claus. I mean, what, what gets worse than that? Well, and, you know, the country really does have trouble dealing with matters of race. But I don't think sanitizing race out of the stories you don't like helps anything. And I think this is one of those stories that, regardless of the race of the person involved or the people involved, we need to look at this for what it is. It was a person who was on the radar of the law enforcement community who probably shouldn't have been out, was probably out on a bail that was inappropriate at a certain point, and committed a heinous crime. And if, if you look at the standards for what should make a story, you know, race is not in there, okay? And when we start making news judgments and setting a news agenda only based on race or to support a particular racial per- perspective and not others, it really does create a polarizing effect And I think that's what makes so many news consumers suspicious of these news organizations that are not willing to make professional judgments as to what makes a news story, but but are willing to say, oh, well, we're going to cover this if it's a person of this race, but we're not going to cover it if it's a person of that race. And I'm just thinking they lose a lot of credibility in that regard because it looks like they're trying to push. Well, they are trying to push agendas and it's, it's really apparent and people don't like it. And that's why, Trust in media has declined, you know, by 25 percentage points in the last 20 years. So much of it, uh, the, the, the bias that you see is uh, biased by omission, and I think that's the case with the, with the uh, story in, in uh, Wisconsin. I did see somewhere that someone did a, showed a comparison when a white driver drove his car into a crowd in Charlottesville back in 20-whatever that was, 16, 17, um, the the Washington Post story said uh, in the first sentence or two that it was a white supremacist drove his car into the into the crowd, and the Washington Post story, I think I think they they reproduced the story and it never mentioned the name of the of the driver. It said when an SUV drove into a crowd and and ran over X number of people, killing X number of people. It was almost like the SUV was on autopilot. Uh, yeah, that the SUV did not have somebody driving it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the Charlottesville case is, is an interesting comparison. Uh, and, again, that was a heinous act. It was a criminal act that needed to be covered. But it didn't need to be covered solely from the standpoint of hair on fire. It should be covered from the standpoint of this event happened. Who was the perpetrator? What was the background of that person? I think context is fairly important. And in the Charlottesville thing, context was provided, but in the Waukesha thing, context was not provided. And also, I think, that, again, the Charlottesville thing was heinous, all right? But you look at the magnitude of coverage at that time from the CNNs and the Washington Posts and whatnot, and then you look at the magnitude of coverage from the Waukesha tragedy, there's no comparison at all, because, I mean, within you know a couple of days, you didn't find any information about the Waukesha thing on CNN or places like that. And even on their websites, it was buried pretty far down below. Uh, there's something else I wanted to talk to you about here. Uh, and we're talking to Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University. Uh, he's done media criticism for The Hill and FoxNews.com. 
I'm always stunned when I watch uh, Biden's flack, Jen Psaki, uh, doing a news conference, and Peter Ducey of Fox is the only reporter in the room who's willing to ask a tough question. Are, are the other journalists in the room capable of being embarrassed? Uh, it's just, it's, it's stunning to me. And it, 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 he asks a question, it might be several minutes into the news conference or the press conference, and it's the question that should have been the first question asked. And it takes him to ask it 10 minutes in. It's, it's amazing to me. It really has been fascinating to watch the press conferences in the Biden administration. Uh, you know, Jen Psaki is a smooth operator, and I know the Biden administration's thrilled with her, but she can say a lot of words without really answering any questions. Uh, and, I mean, in a sense, she comes off like Baghdad Bob during the Saddam Hussein yeah. administration in Iraq years mm-hmm. ago, because, I mean, no matter how bad things are or, you know, how crazy the, the story might be, she, I mean, she's, I mean, it's not like she's putting a happy face on bad news. She's exaggerating to the point where really nobody can believe her anymore anyway. But, you know, with regard to the White House press corps, I think that it's almost shameful that the rest of the people in that press corps are not willing to also ask hard questions. It's almost like they're willing to just like, okay, we're going to let Peter Ducey do it. We know he'll ask some hard questions on behalf of Fox News, and then the rest of us are off the hook, and then we don't need to worry about the Biden administration or Saki or whatever getting sore at us. And, you know, the contrast when the uh, Trump administration was in place and the White House press secretaries. Uh, for the Trump administration, whether that was Spicer or Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, or any of those people, um, all of the members of the press were jumping up and down to ask what they hoped would be embarrassing or antagonizing questions. Yep. Um, and that they, they you know, couldn't jump up and down enough to get in line. Uh, and the fact that they're asking such really weak questions shows to me, number one, that they're kind of on board with the Biden agenda, but also that they're not willing to serve their constitutionally uh, protected role of being watchdogs of the government because they're not willing to hold the Biden administration accountable. And I think, you know, that lapdog kind of mentality is what disturbs me the most, is that they are not willing to be enterprising and aggressive reporters like they were for the Trump administration. By the way, I'm okay that they ask the Trump administration hard questions. That's what they're as there well for. They should. Yeah. But they should do that for the Biden administration too. And it's rare that anybody other than that anybody other than Peter Ducey asks anything that would be considered a challenge. And that uh, that's why I, I I asked if if they're capable of being embarrassed because if you are a journalist uh, at that level that you're sitting in the press room at the White House. You would think that by the time you got there, you displayed some kind of guts to ask a tough question. Or, or otherwise, what are you doing at a press conference? And I would like to know who the news directors are for these other, you know, what we call establishment media. That their reporters are not going in there asking hard-hitting questions. That tells me that their supervisors, the executive producers and editors they answer to, are comfortable with them being lapdogs. Because you would think that if uh, they were in there asking aggressive questions, that they would be supported by their executive producers. Yeah. But the fact that, but the fact that they're that they're not almost makes them look like they're on board with the Biden administration as state-sponsored media, which is not what they're there to do. Yeah, and you would think, at least I think, because I've been in the media for a while, and I've worked for some bosses. You would think that the boss, whatever his or her title is, news director, whatever. Uh, would say, knowing that Fox is killing them in the ratings, by the way, hey, why is it that every time I watch a press conference, you're letting the guy from Fox ask ask the question that's going to get all the uh, replays on all the other networks? We could use a little of that. How about asking a tough question? And and, and it's not like, you know, that that Peter Ducey is, is uh, coming up with questions that only he could have thought of. They're the most obvious questions that any person with a brain would come up with. Yeah, they're not that hard to come up with, those questions. And let me say this about Peter Ducey. I don't know him. I have never met him or anything. But I would commend him because he is asking the hard questions, but he's also doing it in a respectful and diplomatic way. I mean, he's not he's yelling it, or yeah. jumping up and down or anything like that. And that's such a difference 
for, like, for example, Jim Acosta, when he was in the White House press conferences when the Trump administration was in place, because his questions really had a, an attitude and a tone of unprofessionalism. And I would say this about Peter Ducey, uh, and again, I don't know him, but it strikes me that he's trying to be a challenging, enterprising journalist, but without coming, lo- coming off as abrasive. And not being coming the story himself because of his yes. attitude. Um, that's right. And that's an interesting thing. He, has, he has, has made a point to not become part of the story. He's not, you know, making bombastic statements or accusations or raising his voice or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, or, and he's not combative. I mean, he, he asks the questions. He lets Jen Psaki respond. He will follow up where necessary. But uh, he has not been uh, unprofessional uh, in approach, in my opinion. Um, and you made a good point there about uh, just the, them being gutless and, and not wanting to um, get on the bad side of the, the Biden administration. It reminds me of um, I, I, when I was working in sports and I was covering the Steelers and we would be at the Chuck Knoll press conference. There was a guy named Thor Tolo uh, who worked uh, and he would be he was constantly asking questions that got under Chuck Knoll's skin. And my friends in the sports media used to look at Thor, and they used to ridicule him, and he used to get on their nerves because they looked at him as he was disrupting the press conference. But you know what else they used to do? Use every soundbite that he got from his stupid (laughs) questions that they hated. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that so many of these White House quote-unquote journalists are now, in a sense, part of the establishment shows me that they don't recognize the significance of the role they're playing, and that... When they're part of the establishment, they're working with the powers that be. And as I've mentioned to you before, I really like it when journalists are acting on behalf of us as our surrogates. And I think when they're part of the establishment, they've given up their role of serving us as, their, as, as surrogates for us. Because the, the free press was empowered to represent the citizens. And when you're the establishment, you're no longer part of the citizenry. We're finishing up here with uh, Jeff McCall of DePaul University. He's a communications uh, professor of communications. Can't let you go without asking you, and I have about a minute and a half here. What do I have? Uh, two minutes? i got about two minutes. Um, Chris Cuomo is finally out at CNN. Now, Jeffrey Tubin survived. Well, we know what he survived. He's back. Um, do you think Chris will be back? Is this a suspension or an expulsion? Well, I'll tell you what. This is a tough question because it's, it's really hard to read the tea leaves on this. And it could just be a suspension while they kind of look more into it and kind of sort out what they're going to do and that they can come out with some statement at some point saying, okay, well, we took him off. That was his punishment. Now he's coming back. I think actually, again, CNN is not going to contact me for advice. But if they were to contact me, I would say, all right, you've suspended him. You've got your opportunity now. This is the chance you know, to part ways. He broke basically every you know, standard of professional journalism, and you let him do it, you CNN executives, for a a year and a half. But now that you've made the break, this is a chance to kind of do your penance, correct things, move him on. My guess is whoever they would put in his place will get better ratings because his ratings had been declining radically over the last number of months. So this is a chance if they really want to make a definition and kind of move forward. This is their chance to do it. So I'm not predicting necessarily, but my advice would be this is a chance to part ways. He broke so many professional standards, and it's time for CNN to kind of own up that they allowed that to happen and say to the nation, we want some of our credibility back. I've got 30 seconds left. Uh, there, there has been talk that uh, there's a new sheriff in town at CNN, and there could be a major shakeup there. Are you hearing anything about that? Well, uh, Jeff Zucker still the, the president of CNN News, so, I mean, he's still in charge and supposedly supposed to be there for another couple of years. It's hard to tell uh, what they might do, but honestly, CNN's got to do something. They, they can't go on like this because even though they still are a moneymaker for AT&T, they could make a lot more if they had more audience, and their audience is gone. Yeah, it's a good thing they make money on subscriptions. Hey, I appreciate you uh, coming on as usual. Jeff, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks again. I look forward to it. Bye-bye. All right, see ya. That's Jeff McCall. We'll be back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Tensions between Russia and the West have escalated in recent weeks. 
with nations increasingly concerned about Russia's military intentions. Ukraine's defense minister has told lawmakers the number of Russian troops near Ukraine and in Russian annexed Crimea is estimated at 94,300, warning that a large-scale escalation is possible in January. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has demanded Russia pulls back troops from the border with Ukraine. Correspondent Charles de la Desmond. A prosecutor in Michigan has filed involuntary manslaughter charges against the parents of a boy who was accused of killing four students at Oxford High School. Jennifer and James Crumley have been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter each. This is SRN News. Your pets have the same energy they used to. Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dynavite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dynavite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Charlie Kirk gives great advice. Jussie Smollett proves my thesis that we have a supply and demand problem with racism in America. America is so incredibly unracist that you have to fake your own hate crimes and hire Nigerians to help you pull it off. Here's just a little piece of advice, Jussie. If you're going to fake a hate crime, don't give them a check. Would you put in the, the line, mugging supplies? The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. The pandemic has caused families to spend more time in close quarters than ever before. But if you're noticing an emotional distance between you and your child because of their drug or alcohol use, you may not know where to turn. Partnership to End Addiction can help. With free guidance, support, and resources, we work directly with families and communities across the country to help save lives. And we can help you, too. To end addiction, start with connection. Reach out to us at drugfree.org. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Depending on your family's long-term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. For your first Friday of December, we're seeing those delays out there. Parkway West looking really stacked up now inbound. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Delay close to 10 minutes. On the outbound side from 19 to Carnegie, it's also stacked up. Parkway East starting to look a little better, but still busy inbound. Between Forest Hills and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And a few pockets of volume on the outbound side. Between Bates Street and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 32. Clouds and sunshine tomorrow, tomorrow's high 47. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies with a low of 27. Sunday will wrap up the weekend with a few peaks of sunshine. It'll turn cloudy with a shower in the area for the afternoon. We'll reach a high Sunday of 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So, uh, as we finish up the week here, how about some sports, sort of? 
I like to do sports stories that uh, are about, most of the time when I do something with sports, it's about more than sports, and this is another one of those cases. This is uh, uh, another transgender story. Unbelievable stupidity. This is uh, right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, A transgender swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania who used to be on the Penn men's swimming team. Uh, Guess what he's doing? He's breaking university records and winning events because now he is swimming uh, as a woman. Uh, He's going by the name Leah Thomas. He used to be Will Thomas when he competed uh, for the men's team. But he uh, recently competed in a tri-meet with teams from Princeton and Cornell a couple of weeks ago. And according to SwimSwam.com, which is an interesting website, uh, it's dedicated to covering collegiate swimming, uh, Thomas, quote, blasted the number one 200 free time and the second fastest 500 free time in the nation, breaking Penn program records in both events. She swept the 100, 200, 500 free individual events and contributed to the first place 400 free relay in a tri-meet against Princeton and Cornell in her home pool. Now, of course, we the, he's being referred to as a she now because he declared himself a woman. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get canceled if you don't go along with this, that stupidity. But anyway, uh, that's what he's doing. And here's what... Uh, Will or Leah, whatever you want to go by, says, quote, Being trans has not affected my ability to do this sport, and being able to continue is very rewarding. No kidding, Leah. Of course it's rewarding. You were competing against men, and you were doing pretty well, actually, and now you're competing against women, and you're winning a lot. Well, as long as it's uh, making it rewarding for you, that's the only thing that matters. How how much more narcissistic can you be to, first of all, think that people should change their their what they see when they change what they believe you are, despite what they see you are, uh, because just to make you happy, uh, they want to insult their intelligence and refer to you as a woman when it's obviously you're not. But it's obvious that you're not. But it affected. It has not affected my ability to do this sport, and being able to continue is very rewarding. Now, according to the NCAA's transgender policy, a transgender female athlete who has undergone a year of testosterone suppression treatment is allowed to compete on women's teams. So I guess he's done that. I don't know. He's whatever it, it takes to to. Um, allow you to change your name from Will to Leah. I guess he's done that. But now this is Dr. Emma Hilton. She's a developmental biologist at the University of Manchester. She conducted, it says here, a data analysis of Thomas's performances and concluded Thomas's finish time is, quote, unquote, extraordinary compared to the average female finish time. Shocking. You needed a doctor, a Dr. Emma Hilton, a Ph.D. in something or other, to say that, hey, I think I noticed a difference here when he's competing against women. And when competing as, quote, Will Thomas on the University of Pennsylvania men's team, Thomas was an Ivy League championships qualifier, it says here, in 500 free in the 2017-18 season, second-team All-Ivy in the 500 free, 1,000 free, and 1650 free after reaching the A-final of the Ivy League championships and finishing second overall in each of those events in the 2018-2019 season and competed in four of Penn's eight regular season events when the 500 free agent if, when, won the 500 free against Villanova on November 15th in the 2019-20 season, according to university records. So uh, Will here, Leah, whatever you want to call him, her, uh, he, uh, she is uh, doing really well now that he's decided that he's going to compete against women. He was already doing well competing against men. So here's, my, here's a question that I haven't seen come up. Uh, maybe somebody's asked it, um, 
uh, or or presented it somewhere in the media coverage of this. I, I haven't seen everything that's been written about this, but I've seen a lot about it. Here's my question for Will slash Leah. You know, if transgender athletes are allowed to compete against, uh, based on w- their identity and not their actual biology, then why does Will have to compete against women? Why doesn't Will claim to be a woman, which he's already done, and say, you know what, I'm a woman, and I'm going instead of and I'm going to use the rule that allows me to compete uh, in whichever division I'd like. I'm going to compete against men, so I will be a transgender woman, and I will declare myself a female. But I'm going to compete against the men to show that women can compete against men. Instead, it always goes the other way. The woman, I'm sorry, the man who decides that he's a woman competes against the lesser competition and 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 moves to compete against women. You don't see women track stars saying they're going to go compete against men. It doesn't happen, mainly because they'd get destroyed in the race. But this guy has already shown that he can compete as a man against men. So wh- why would he, what would cause him to think that he needs to compete against women? The rules say that he can compete against whoever he wants. It doesn't, who he's competing against uh, does not define him as whether as a man or a woman. But so just let's just, you could really make some news by saying, hey, by the way, I'm a woman, call me Leah, and I'll be showing up uh, uh, competing for the University of Pennsylvania men's swimming team next weekend, just as I always have, but do me a favor and call me Leah, and I'm a woman, and I'm going to be competing to set men's records as a woman. That would really be quite an accomplishment. I'm, I'm, I'm a woman. You're supposed to believe that it's a woman and not a, a transgender woman, but a, an actual woman. Which it's insane, but that's what you know. That's where we are today. So that's that's a little bit of transgender insanity, and that's uh, and again, one last time, I've said it a million times. Um, you can't. There's a simple solution to this for the women who are seeing their records destroyed and their ability to win uh, greatly diminished, if not eliminated, by this creep. Um, all you, what they need to do is walk away. When this guy shows up to race against them, they say, have a nice time. You're in the pool by yourself. We're not competing against you. I'm the only person saying that that I know of, and it's the instant and complete and total solution to the problem. Okay, now to something else. Uh, I'm running out of time here, so I want to play this for you real quick. Uh, This is the... This is some more transgender insanity, and this comes from the Chicago Public Schools. Mike, go ahead and hit it. Hello, everyone. I'm Cami Pratt, the district's chief Title IX officer. And I'm Deb Spragans, the district's deputy chief Title IX officer. The new school year is off to a strong start as we've welcomed our students back to our school buildings five days each week. On top of ensuring that each of our schools is a safe learning environment, we're also taking steps to create more inclusive and supportive schools. One change that will be implemented this school year relates to our school bathrooms. In compliance with new federal guidelines, all CPS students and staff will have fair and equitable access to bathroom facilities that align with their gender identity. We will be providing all schools with updated signage that makes our bathrooms more inclusive. It will identify the fixtures available in each restroom and make it clear that all restrooms are open for use by anyone who feels comfortable. Staff will continue to have staff-only restrooms available to them. This is an incredibly important step to increase gender equity for all, which is why we will be requiring all schools to post this signage by December 1st of this school year. Our district's Office of Student Protections in Title IX is also working on a long-term plan to create more permanent signage for our bathrooms. I encourage you to visit our website at cps.edu forward slash OSP to learn more about our comprehensive approach to creating more inclusive, equitable, and safe schools. If you have any questions, you can email us at osp at cps.edu. 
We look forward to having a safe and successful school year at every school in every neighborhood across Chicago. Thank you. Oh, there you go. How's that grab you? <clears throat> so they're they're not just mentioning that they have it, they're celebrating it. And that is from a video. So again, we're doing radio here and it's not quite as effective without the pictures, but the pictures um, that were on there uh, on the video were uh, showed pictures of signs that that uh, say uh, gender gender neutral, uh, and it says this bathroom has uh, includes toilets, stalls, urinals, sinks. Tells everybody what it is. So this is this is taking care of the um, uh, the transgender issue in the Chicago public schools. They got it all covered. So of course. I don't. I don't have the numbers for what the enrollment is uh, for the Chicago public schools, uh, but let's just say it's a. There's a high school that has two thousand students in it. Now that would. That's a pretty good sized school. There'd be a lot of bathrooms in there. It used to be the boys' girl, uh, the boys' lavatory. Remember when they called them lavatories? Did they still call them that? Probably not. Uh, in the lav, Emma, he's in the lav. Remember that. Anyway, boys' bathroom, the girls' bathroom, uh, and now a girl who is in the bathroom is always well. Not, I want to say in danger, but there has been some danger, like in Mich- in uh, Virginia, where the the girl was raped. But sh- there's a possibility that a, a a boy is going to come into the bathroom while she's in there, um, and that and if it's a truly transgender boy who is has the has the mental disorder that he thinks he's a girl then uh, I hope he gets a lot of help and they have counselors but they don't they'll celebrate it anyway that uh, that person can uh, get into the bathroom now well here's my question if if there's a school of two with 2,000 kids in it and we'll assume it's a thousand of each uh, boys and girls I think the number for transgender um, people in the United States is five-tenths of a percent, okay? So one percent of 2,000 is what, Mike? That's uh, 20? What, no, one percent would be 20? No. Anyway, whatever one, wh- yeah, whatever, whatever, wh- uh, so it's half of that. So there might, might be, might be. Ten kids out of 2,000 who have the issue of having to deal with which bathroom they want to go in. The other 1,990 students have to put up with the stupidity. Uh, the guys probably, I, my guess, if, if, if high school kids are the way I was when I was a high school kid, they're laughing about it and making a joke about it and maybe figuring out a way how they can sneak into the, not sneak, but just go into the girls' bathroom or locker room. But so they're, they're, they're accommodating... Probably if, uh, tops three kids in a school of two thousand, and changing how people use bathrooms, changing pronouns—it's total insanity. And you know who predicted this insanity? Way back in uh, nineteen seventy-nine. You're not going to believe this, but this is this is from uh, Life of Brian. And it's uh, this is this is there's three guys. Is it three or four guys here in this video, and one woman, and they are talking about well what I just talked about in 1979. Listen. I do feel wretched that any anti-imperialist group like ours must reflect such a divergence of interest within its power base. Agreed, Francis. Yeah, I think Judith's point of view is very valid, Rich. Provided the movement never forgets that it is the unalienable right of every man or woman or woman. To rid himself or herself. Or herself. Agreed. Thank you, brother. Or sister. Or sister. Where was I? I think you finished. Oh, right. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. But why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? 
I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to gestate? You're going to keep it in a box? Here, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. And I rest my case. Thank you. And I, by the way, I've been saying for like the last year, this is just based on the COVID insanity, but this all ties into it. The stuff that I told you about in Chicago and and uh, all, and everything else that's going on with the swimmer, a man swimming against women. We are living in a Monty Python movie, and you just heard proof of it. We'll be right back. Attention. The United States government has instituted a program to give qualified workers up to $3,148 a month. Do you or someone you know suffer from a medical condition that makes it difficult to work? Are you between the ages of 45 and 62? Are you seeing a medical professional for this condition? And have you worked for at least five of the last 10 years? If you answered yes to the questions, you may be eligible for up to $3,148 a month. Call the Disability Information Line now to see if you qualify at 800-811-1545. Get the benefits you deserve. Call the Disability Information Line now at 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify. The call is free and our agents are standing by. Call 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify for these government benefits. You've worked hard for these benefits. Don't let another day go by without receiving what you're entitled to. Call 800-811-1545 now. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake, and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash? cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. 
Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Mike uh, did the uh, math on the gigantic uh, a computer they have in the st- in the control room there, two uh, percent of point five percent of two thousand is ten. I kind of figured that, but my math isn't good, and, and Michael attest to that. But uh, I uh, it's, it is Friday. I want to finish with some sports, and I want to talk about the two things real quick. The Major League Baseball lockdown. The owners was it yesterday? I guess that they they voted to uh, lock the not lock down. I it's lock out lock out the pirate the players um this is good if you're a pirates fan only if the lockout results in a salary cap and i would not bet a nickel that that's going to happen but that's the only thing that will fix it for for pirates fans um major league baseball has been dead to me for i'd say 15 years because i lost all patience and i think that the imbalance uh with economics is uh, is uh it should be an insult to any sports fan. And the Yankees just signed uh, a pitcher, the Mets, I should say, just signed a pitcher, Scherzer, for $43 million a year. $43 million a year. That's fine. I don't care if he gets $143 million a year. That's fine. He got it. And he's a free agent, and that's what he's worth if that's what they're willing to pay him. But there's no way on this earth the Pirates are ever going to be able to have a player like that. So until they fix that, have a salary cap and a salary floor, baseball isn't worth paying any attention to. The other thing is, <clears throat> I've been telling you about Najee Harris, and I think the media have been slobbering all over this guy. He seems like a good guy. I, I hope he does well. But in his last six games, he's averaging 3.3 yards a carry, and his longest run is 13 yards. Sorry, I don't care how bad the offensive line is. That stinks. Break a run. He says, longest run this year is 20 yards. See what happens Sunday. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.